Amen. Do you believe in the power of the Holy Ghost today? Praise God. Amen. It feels great to be in the house of God today. And I am excited to be with you, True Vine Pentecostal Church. Excited to be in the house of God. I'm excited to be, amen, with my lifelong friend, Pastor Tom Durantz. Amen. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is about to do here. Praise God. I was uh, traveling through Fallbrook, and there was fog. And I mentioned that to your pastor. And he said, well, that, that's not actually fog. That's the Shekinah glory of God as you come to Temecula. As you come to True Vine Church, that's not fog. It may be fog in San Diego, but on the way to Temecula, it's the Shekinah glory of God. Amen. Years ago, as a local licensed minister, I noticed that others preached longer than I did, and I went to my, my pastor, and I said, Pastor, I said, I've noticed that the other preachers preach a little longer than I do, and he says, that's okay. The people are going to love you for that. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I was doing something wrong, you know, like, oh, man, I can't quite get there yet. One lady came to me after talking to her on the phone. She says, you know, uh, you're shorter than I thought, and I had to think of something quick, you know. I said, it's okay, I have a tall personality. <laughs> Praise God. I am happy to be with you today. I'm thankful for the goodness of God. Amen. I have relatives, family here. My Uncle Tony and Aunt Rose, i got to take time. Amen. And I was going to preach 45 minutes, but pastor said I preach short, so I need to make sure I don't make a liar out of him. Amen today. Praise God. But to Auntie Rosa, when they announced coffee with Martha, uh, Mary rather, and Martha, I thought they were going to say coffee with Mary and Yolanda, my two cousins. I really thought they were going to say that. Like they were, they were the ladies responsible for that coffee meeting. But he said Mary and Martha, but I thought it was Mary and Yolanda. But amen, it's good to see my cousins. We love you, all the saints of God. What, what a great atmosphere just to walk into the house of God. What a great atmosphere just to walk into the presence of God. Praise God. I know God is here to help us today. And so... Amen. I want to go to the word of the Lord with you, and I invite your attention to Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 16. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 16. Amen. We are promoting missions today, and so in some ways this will be a missions Sunday. As you're looking at Matthew 2, 16, I want to remind you how good God is here because just about eight years ago, there was a statistic that said when a church is planted in all the United Pentecostal Church organization that we're a part of, when a church is planted in our movement, seven out of 10 will fail in the first two years. That's a staggering, sad statistic. But because of the giving in the last eight years, I want you to know that that has all changed. Maybe out of 10, one may not stay. Matter of fact, out of the 36 churches that were mentioned earlier in our promotion, two of them did not remain because the pastors moved out of state. The others remained. That's the goodness of God. Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 16, I want you to keep in mind that terminology of two years. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth. And his goal here was to slay all the baby boys that were, as the Bible says, two years and under. Two years and under. That sounds horrible, and it was. The question is why would 
King Herod, a full-grown, powerful man, be threatened by a newborn. Brother Chavez, in his pre-service prayer, prayed a prophetic word today that ties in exactly and was a confirmation to me of what I'm about to preach on today. He said, today babies are going to be born. We're going to define in a minute what those babies are. Now, don't panic. You're not going to have to deliver a real baby in this church service. But Chad, get ready anyways. We know you got the experience to make that happen. But babies are going to be born in this service here today. I'm talking about babies in the spirit. Powerful, great, mighty, awesome things that are going to take place. I want to remind us here today that revival is not coming to True Vine. Revival is here. And today revival will be demonstrated in this place. I want to title this sermon today for the next 20 minutes. You know, I saw the paper and it said 45 minutes and I was preaching twice. So I figured it was 22 minutes and a half each service. That's, that's what threw me off a little bit. But I want to preach this sermon here today. Satan wants to kill what's in your crib. Satan wants to kill what's in your crib. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, we love you. God, we ask that your power and demonstration fall upon us. We know it's not by might nor by power, but you said it's by your spirit. Let your spirit be released today, God. Let your anointing fall on us freshly right now. Minister to your people. You are here to give us a word today. In the name of Jesus, let those new born babies be born today in the Holy Ghost. We receive that word in prayer today. We believe it right now. We stand together and we claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, because as I stand here, I know today that revival is not coming, but revival is already here. Hallelujah. Would you put your hands together and honor the Lord Jesus Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. I was at a meeting and I heard a stat that was pretty interesting. And that was in the Bible, baptism is mentioned about 90 times. The Holy Ghost is mentioned about 80 times. Worship is mentioned around 90 times. But the word together is mentioned four hundred and forty two times the bible says and when they came together the place was shaken it's sunday morning and we're all here together i i believe some shaking is going to happen in this place i claim it and i believe it in jesus name aaron bounds a renowned evangelist 
was speaking at a conference I was at, and he told the story about he was called to pray for a little baby. The baby was in a little crib. The baby was dying of a horrible disease that was incurable. He was fasting and he was praying and he was weeping over that baby. And he tells the story that as he prayed and as he cried and as he wept before God, that an angel showed up right there next to him. And this beautiful angelic being reached down and put its arms under the baby, his hands, and he lifted up that little newborn. When the little newborn was lifted up, Aaron Bound says he saw a black little cloud rise out of the body of the baby, and the disease was absolutely gone. A few days later, Aaron Bounds, one of his friends, called and said, Aaron, i got to share this with you. I, I had a dream the other day. You were over a baby, and the baby was in a crib. You were crying, and you were weeping, and you were praying before God to heal him. And an angel showed up and reached his hands down, lifted up the baby, and I saw this little black cloud rise out of the baby and Aaron Bounds told his friend thank you I was there and I saw it with my own eyes I'm here to tell you with God all things are possible there's no telling what my God can do if we come together and trust in him there's a song back in the day that says, I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Some of you may remember that song. It says, I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender. They're leading me in paths that I must trod. I have no fear for Jesus walks beside me. For I'm sheltered in the arms of God. So let the storms rage high. Let the dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. I want someone to know today, whatever makes you afraid today, the devil is a liar. You are sheltered safe within the arms of God. I remember... When my firstborn was a toddler, John Paul, you know the firstborn baby, when your wife has carpet so thick the door can't even shut, she's afraid the baby will fall and hurt himself, you know that firstborn, after the third, you know it's just like hardcore tile or knowing it's all right, he'll hit his head but he'll get back up. But I remember that John Paul was in the crib, we had the, back then the traditional White, this is 25 years ago, the white crib, you know, had the wood slats in it, traditional white crib, and it was all set up, and John Paul would sleep in there, and we'd put him in there, and one day, my wife and I were in the house, and all of a sudden, we heard the door open in the room, it wasn't closed, my wife wanted to hear him, and so the door was open, but we heard him push the door open, and we heard this little patting of the feet into the hallway, and we looked at each other, and we, we, we said, did you let him out? I didn't let him out. Did you let him out? I didn't let him out. How'd he get out? So I picked up little John Paul, and I said, 
I'm going to find out how you did this. So I walked them back over to the crib, and I put them back in. And then Mom and I, Barbara and I, went to the hallway, and we closed the door just enough so he wouldn't see us, but it was cracked open so we could see how he got out. Like we're going to spy on how this kid did this. He kind of walked back and forth in that crib for a little bit, and then he walked over to the edge where the post was on the side, and he threw his leg over the side of the crib. And like a fireman, Chad, he slid down the pole. And then he started walking out the room. That's how he did it. I want to make a statement here today that makes a lot of sense in the spirit world. You see, once the baby gets out of the crib, he's not going back in. That's the turning point. The crib now becomes a daybed. You put him back in a thousand times, he'll jump right back out. When the baby figures out how to get out, he's staying out. Come on, parents, do I get an amen? That's the turning point. This is why Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus in the crib. Two years and under, wipe out all the babies. There's a threat coming to my kingdom. Herod, what do you know that I don't know? Why do you want that baby taken out so young in the crib? Two years and under. This is what Herod knew. If the baby Jesus ever gets out of the crib, there's no turning back. If the baby Jesus ever gets out, the blind are going to see. The lame are going to walk. The dead are going to be raised. The deaf are going to hear. The woman with the issue of blood is going to be made whole. If the baby ever gets loose, there's no turning back and Herod's kingdom's coming down. If baby Jesus ever exits the crib and enters into ministry, Lazarus is going to come forth. If the baby Jesus ever gets out of the crib and pursues his ministry, blind Bartimaeus is not going to be blind anymore. If baby Jesus ever gets out of the crib, the woman with the issue of blood is going to be made whole. If Jesus ever exits out the crib, the layman, as we talked about, at the pool of Bethesda, is going to get his bed and start walking with it. Herod knew that if he didn't take out baby Jesus in the crib, there would be no turning back. If Jesus ever exits out of the crib, there will be a death, there will be a resurrection, and the whole world has a privilege of being filled with the Holy Ghost if Jesus ever gets loose out of the crib. I want you to know today, there will be a day of Pentecost, but first, baby Jesus has got to exit out the crib. What I'm saying here today to you, people of God, Satan wants to kill what's in your crib. 
At our church this last year, we're preparing for revival in 2020. We launched a brand new, a newborn prayer group. Intercessors group. And it's a brand new baby, if you will. And as soon as it's released, a week later, the devil shows up and attacks the church. If the devil shows up and attacks you or the church, he knows there's power. Whatever comes out of that crib is going to be powerful. And he's not going to stop it. It's going to be unstoppable. It is said of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts 28. The 28th chapter is the end or the conclusion. The last chapter of the book of Acts. But the book of Acts did not stop. In the Greek there is a word. It kind of sounds like shish kebab and I don't want to make you hungry. But it's a Greek word. But the word means unstoppable. And the Bible says in the language that we read it. Paul was in prison and no man restrained him. But the Greek and Hebrew says, Paul was in prison and he was unstoppable. Let me tell you something. This church is God's church and this church is unstoppable against the enemy. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So I'm talking to someone here today. I want you to know something. You're right in prayer. You said newborns are going to be born. Or new babies are going to be born. And today in prayer, I feel in this service, there's going to be a new anointing that's going to be born in some of you today. There's going to be a new joy born in some of you today. There's going to be a new passion born in some of you today. There's going to be a new ministry born in some of you today. There's going to be a new burden born in some of you today. There's going to be a new vision born in some of you today. And there's going to be a fresh anointing born in some of you today. So I just want the devil to know this. You can have what's in my crib. I'm not afraid to say it. Hell's already come against us. Hell's already fought us on every side. But as a believer of the Most High God, I want the devil to know you can have what's in my crib. I belong to Jesus. And once I get out, there's no turning back. That's why we're attacked. By the enemy from time to time. You know, I love working with your pastor who's a great friend and a man of details. Well, God was a man of details also, a God of details. You know, interesting enough, when the tabernacle was built in the wilderness, when it talks about the holies of holies, all this furniture is laid out in place. But the Bible in there, you can't find one chair. You know that? When you read it, when you get past the curtain where the Ark of the Covenant was, and you had the candlestick, 
and you had the Ark of the Covenant. The seat on it wasn't a, like a chair to sit on. It was the lid to the Holies of Holies or the Ark of the Covenant. There was no chair. God designed this. He knew. The priests went in there and they worshiped. Well, there's something here, people. You know, have you ever been in a move of God's service? Sure you have. But you know, it's hard to fully worship God and sit down. I know you're calm now, but I've seen you wild before. When the Spirit of God gets moving, forget how your hair looks. Forget who sees you. I've got to worship God with everything that I've got inside of me because when I enter into the holy of holies, I can't sit down and fully worship God. Praise God. Isaiah in his vision said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Angels crying holy. Angels crying holy unto the Lord. But the Bible says, if you read on past that, at the voice of the worship of the angels, the doorpost moved. Door jams don't move. Doors do, but not door jams. That's why they say with well, this earthquake, find a door jam. But let me tell you something. What's so powerful about worship that the devil doesn't want us to maximize on is when we worship, stuff moves. When we worship, stubborn stuff moves. When we worship, struggles move. When we worship, limitations move. When we worship, fear moves. When we worship, doubts move. When we worship, worries move. I've got enough in my life in my flesh to be worried about and so do you but instead of worry I'm going to choose to worship I've got to move some stuff out of my life I've got to move some stuff out of my family's life I've got to move some stuff out of my children's life and worry is not going to do it but my worship will. Do you feel the anointing in this place? From God. New babies in the spirit are being born right now. Beyond the turning point. Out of the crib, never to go back again. There is a significance in two years and under in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 41, Pharaoh is standing on the Nile River. The Bible says at the two-year mark, 
and he has a dream. And at the same time, Joseph is imprisoned. And because of Pharaoh's dream at the two-year mark, he gets released out of prison and begins to be positioned where God wants him. You know the story. How interesting that at the two-year mark this happened. It's possible. And the reason why, we must not let Satan kill our dreams because our dreams can be someone else's freedom. At the two-year mark, it happened at the two-year mark. So someone here has been praying two years and under. God, use me, or God, help me, or God, I've got this issue, and it's been two years, and maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you feel like quitting. Maybe you feel like, I'm not going to pray that prayer anymore. Two years has passed. Two years is not too long for my Jesus. Freedom can happen for you even after two years. The Bible says in Jeremiah 28 that after two years, all the vessels that were stolen by the enemy out of the tabernacle, the house of God, after two years, they were told to bring them all back to where they belong. We're talking about end time revival. If everybody that the enemy took away and God wanted back, can you imagine what true vine would look like? All the vessels at the two-year mark, God says, I'm bringing them back home. Then in Acts 19 and 10, all of Asia heard the gospel in the space of two years. And when they did, it was said of the disciples, these are the men who have turned the world upside down. They took a stand against the enemy, against life circumstances, against hardship. And in their own way, every disciple of Jesus said, there's a newborn in me. That I'm not going to let Satan have. There's a newborn in me. That I'm not going to give up. Give in or give away. It's of God. And it's staying with me. I'm going to raise it. Till it grows and changes the world. That newborn is not a baby. That newborn ministry is a world changer. That's not just a calling. It's changing the world. For Jesus Christ. And that's why Satan wants to take it from you. I want you to stand with me right now. I want some of my time to be used to pray with you at the altar. If you'll close your eyes wherever you are right now. And just meditate on God. For those of you that have been up against challenging situations. Sometimes it's the enemy showing up because he knows you have a newborn in your crib. And if it ever gets out, oh, if it ever gets out, there's no telling what God can do through you. 
if you want that newborn to be nurtured in God, would you raise your hands all across the sanctuary? I've got something. I haven't told anybody. Nobody knows. But I'm praying about it. But I can feel it. You know, one thing about a a baby in the womb is when you have that baby and your wife feels it kicking, she always calls the husband, come feel right here. Feel that? The baby's kicking. I'm here to tell you, this baby born is the church of the Most High God. And today, it's alive and it's kicking. It's kicking. It's moving. It's shaking. And when the baby comes out, there is no turning back. If you'll join me at this altar, I want to pray for you. And the ministry can help me. That God will protect the newborn that is in your crib today. Against the enemy that would love to confuse the issue. Get in your way. Mess things up. But I want someone to come with a holy boldness to this altar today. Don't be afraid to look at the enemy and shout it out. Satan, you can't have what's in my crib. I'm going places with God. Come on, that's it. And the Holy Ghost, new babies are being birthed at this altar right now. It's happening. The baby's kicking. Life is happening. I won't stop. I won't quit. I won't give up. I trust in Jesus.